Yeah. All right, welcome to the May 2nd edition of Rambo Chat Soccer Podcast. I'm still John Anthonizio. I'm with Ryan Sigurdsson, Mazen Malegi. It's Wednesday, I guess. It's, he's doing his circle circle rules it, refereeing now. I, I, I don't, you know, can't imagine Mazen as a referee. I, who knows? I'm assuming a lot of, not handballs, but what is this? You can't carry in the sport. Uh, one of these days, one of these days, we'll understand what's going on. But. I, I, will we though? Because it's not like I'm not going to make my way down to Prospect Park anytime soon. You know, I, I live far away, and even if I got to Prospect Park, like I could make a four-hour drive, I could get there, and then I could see people dribbling like a yoga ball, and I could be like, "What am I doing?" And then just like turn around and drive away, and not get any additional information. I think I would. Ha- I'm not going to. I'll be a little uh, open with the audience here. I'd have to be pretty drunk to play circle rolls. You would have to be pretty drunk to play circle rolls? I think so. Like, that would be the opportunity, right? Where, like, you're day drinking in Prospect Park, and you're like, oh, that looks fun. There's a big yoga ball around. And then you realize, like, oh, there's a lot more running than I was expecting. Right. I, I think they're, to their credit, I think it's a pretty athletic, well, not athletic. I, I think it's a pretty, like, there's aerobic. a lot of cardio. Yeah, aerobic. That's the word I'm looking for. There's a lot of cardio involved. But at the same time, this was definitely a game that was made when people were drinking. I mean, there's there's no way someone was like, I have a good idea. And it was like Monday morning. Um, so anyway, Mazinet Circle rolls. Uh, but we have the Champions League to talk about. We have the end of the season to talk about. We only have two games left in the Premier League. We have uh, two or three left in some other major European leagues. Um uh, let's talk about those things. Let's talk about yesterday first, though. So Real, right. Madrid, Real Madrid overtaking Bayern. Um, I, what's your sense of this tie in general? Uh, and I don't think yesterday was much different than the first leg. So just give me your overall, you know, how does Real keep doing this? <laughs> So I, the theme of last week's conversation uh, that we had about this tie and Real Madrid in general was kind of, it got a little more into the mind games and is Real Madrid a dirty team. But I think <laughs> branching off of that, the overall theme of yesterday and this tie as a whole is Real Madrid forcing or taking advantage of like really bad mental errors from the better team, Bayern Munich. Um, I don't think we disagree too much about this team, this this tie, but like Munich was the better team, um, not in just from games. the stats and in XG, but in both games they were the better yeah. team, and they made a handful of like atrocious, inexplicable, errors. dumb yeah. mental errors. This last one yesterday was a back pass um, to the goalie Ulrich, who I I am pretty sure was not paying attention, didn't know who passed it to him. Realized at the last second that he couldn't touch it with his hands, tried to kick at it, and goes to Benzema, and it's in. And that's basically, uh, it's not it's not completely over because they couldn't get it, but uh, it's basically, that was the deciding goal. Right. And I don't know if these mental errors by Bayern are due to the fact that Real Madrid, the best competition they've played all year, if it's due to just the you know, tactics we described about last week that Madrid will apply at times and the 
you know, whether it was the Santiago Bernabeu just, you know, being how madhouse that it sometimes can be. I don't know, but Bayern was the better team, but they made enough errors. And at this stage of these tournaments, when you're playing, you know, ostensibly one of a, a top five team in the world, you can't make, even if you're also a top five, top 10 team in the world, you can't make mental errors, multiple mental errors over a two game tie and expect to win. I mean, to Real Madrid's credit, you know, this was like right after the halftime whistle, right? So the yeah. the second half starts, and they recognize, you know, okay, we're going to put them in a tough spot. That, that's we're going to press, and Madrid doesn't usually press. That's kind of the old adage, in like you know, we both grew up playing hockey, and that's how it is in hockey. Like you know, what's the what's the toughest parts of a period? It's like the first and last minute, right? So so. I, I think it would carry over to, to football, no problem. I mean, you don't see a lot of goals in the first minute of a, of a half. But, um, you know, maybe it's because you don't get a lot of pressing. And if you had more pressing, then you would see a lot more mistakes because people just aren't ready. I agree with you. I mean, it looked like uh, Ulrich wasn't paying attention. It, it, you know, he just wasn't ready. And I think that's because it was like he, you know, still wasn't mentally turned on because the half had just started. Um, and, and, you know, that leads to not only a goal, but the tie winning goal, yeah. uh, which is just like the, the tap in by Benzema. I mean, but, but even, you know, even beyond that, it, you know, we were talking about Rafinha's mistake last week. And then I would even argue Benzema's, you know, legitimate goal from this game, uh, is a mistake as well. I mean, it's, it's a mistake. Uh, I, I mean, it's a, who was it? Was it Alaba or Hummels? They just let let him sneak by on the cross, on the cross there. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's just you know that wasn't. How does he get a free header? Yeah, I mean that's just man marking. That's just being you know aware of the guys. And it wasn't like they had crowded the box on that play. It was yeah. you know, and it was kind of a looping header too. <laughs> kind of a looping cross. Yeah, it was looping back to the back post. But like, you've got to be on your man there. So I, I think, you know, I, I, to, to bring up what I texted you earlier today, which was, you know, who is good in the Champions League? Who has been good this year? And then I was sort of comparing this Champions League season to uh, the year that Leicester won the Premier League. And it's like Real Madrid now has taken care of Bayern Munich, the champions, the soon-to-be champions of Germany and the champions for the past however many years. They've taken care of PSG, the champions of France and and soon to be champions of France, and they've taken care of uh, Juventus, the champions of Italy. They've taken care of three different champions of major European leagues, and it's like we don't even like Real Madrid advanced four uh, three on aggregate against Bayern based on just three really sloppy plays, and it's like so. How does Real Madrid keep doing it, and are they a good team? I, how they keep on doing it, I. Again, I don't know. Um, maybe it is more of the attitude of this team. Is they kind of like Juventus? Juventus is, and you know, Juventus just got Juventus. I could totally see if they didn't draw Madrid being in the final. If it was Juventus Liverpool, I I think Juventus wins because Juventus, like Real Madrid, have that like attitude of like. We have been here before. We know how to get through these games. We know how to play a two-legged tie. You know, our managers understand the team well, and we're just going to go out and, like, get it done. And we don't care if it's via pressing, whether it's sitting back, whether it's five-minute spurts of action, whether it's, you know, 
drawing penalties um, and having Ronaldo finish them. They just they just get the do- get get it done. However, it needs to get done. And like this sounds like productive, and it sounds like you know we don't. It sounds very Fox Sports as broadcasting, which is like a shame um, <laughs> because like there, but there's like not a ton else I can really explain that. Like Madrid just like knows how to get move on and advance through these these stages of this type of tournament. So uh, your other question, uh, who is good and kind of, I think, uh, so I said Juventus, if they didn't get drawn against Madrid, would be in the finals. I also think that the best team probably in the, the world this year over the entire season, Man City, would be in the finals or well in finals if they if they drew any other team except Liverpool. I think they drew the one team that's kind of their, their you know their clock tonight there. Uh, with Ooh, <laughs> I don't think clock tonight is good. Heard, right? I, haven't, On the spot. I haven't heard that before. That's really good. How did they not? That's definitely been uttered somewhere. Oh yeah, but, I mean, but but. Yeah, on I this podcast, it's new, so I'm taking yeah. I'm taking credit for it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but with, I think any other team besides Liverpool, uh, City, I don't say not handles well, but advances past uh, because they they have been the best team uh, in the season on aggregate. But they got a little lucky. Also, you should be able to beat Liverpool. Like they might be the best team that matches against you, but Liverpool's fantastic. They're having a dream season. I, I don't know if they're you know, truly a world elite, but that's also kind of how the structure of this tournament goes. That if you you get a little lucky, you draw against teams your favorable matchups again. You can you can keep on advancing. Yeah, I mean to be queer, right? And we can use this as the transition into today's game. But again, Real Madrid, PSG. Well, just starting from the beginning, right? So PSG, Roma, uh, Bayern, Liverpool, Porto, City, Roma. So, I mean, there's obviously a huge skill gap there in the path to uh, the Champions League final. Um, it, it's it, honestly the Champions League is a strange tournament. It, it really is uh, because there's only a handful of truly elite teams in the world. I mean, that's just how it is. That they seem yeah. to attract attract the best players and and. You know, if you wind up, if they wind up eliminating each other, that creates an easier path for lesser teams, and then, or or they could draw lesser teams, and then they have an easy path. Um, I think, you know, unfortunately, that's why I'm against expanding tournaments. So I'm against expanding the World Cup because I just want to see. I don't want to see a diluted product, and I think, I honestly think there are too many teams in the Champions League for it to be truly competitive. I agree that it can get diluted and you can have matchups where team, I mean, this is the thing is this is historical. You have the Porto team of the late nineties or mid nineties that gets very far. I think gets to a final. Um, I think that's actually more recent than that. Uh, you have no, I mean, I mean, Mourinho, Mourinho's team won. Yeah. Mourinho's team. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, sure. But, but you also have like, you know, in general, we could go year to year and we could get the, the eight groups and we could say we could do pretty well from the beginning of the season. You know, we know who's going to advance out of each group. And I'd say out of the 16 teams, we probably get 13 or 14 every year, if not all of them. You know, yeah, it, but I think there's always one of the final eight 
or one of the final four that looks out of place a little bit. Uh, they are like, oh, how did they get through? Like, it wasn't a couple of years ago. Didn't Shakhtar get like to the semis or to the uh, quarters? And you're like, huh, that, that's odd. But it's because I remember, I remember, I remember years ago, like Malaga made the. I think yeah, Malaga I, made a run, and now they're relegated out of the. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, yeah, I mean, it's a strange, strange tournament. So we can transition to talking about talking about Liverpool. Um, today's game. Uh, you know, not the result they wanted, actually. Their first loss in the Champions League. Um, Mazin actually had a hot take about this, saying he was really disappointed, blah, blah, blah. I don't really listen when he goes on his, you know, rants about pretty much anything. But I, I think, like, you know, Liverpool tried to play a different style of play today. Um, and it's a style of play that they don't play often. It was almost like the Real Madrid counterattacking style, where... I think it makes sense when you have a three goal advantage and you're away and it's like, okay, you know, there's no reason to press and or leave ourselves exposed. We're just going to sit back and take the chances we get. And that's exactly how they score the first goal. Granted, the first goal is a little bit of a mistake on Nangolin's part, but I mean, that was the point of their style of play, right? You know, it's like, it's sitting back, waiting for the chances, waiting for the mistakes and then taking advantage because they probably have one of the fastest, you know, counter... They, if they played a counterattacking style, they would have one of the fastest counterattacking front lines in in the world, um, and I think that's why they're in the finals. So, um, overall, you know, I, I was happy to actually see Rome uh, win. I was happy to uh, see Roma get a victory for their fans. Just them being uh, getting as far as they did, it, it was nice to you know give their fans something to cheer for, especially when like. That atmosphere seemed electric from the start, and then Liverpool scores a goal in the ninth minute, and it, was, it just deflated the whole stadium. Yeah, it definitely did. And, yeah, I agree that it's good for Roma to get a result. I, the scoreline is, is definitely – I mean, I was I, had, I went into a meeting at work late, so I had no idea of the final scoreline until well after the game, and that was surprising. I thought it was going to be a 2-2 or had ended 2-2. So it looks a lot, I think, more deceiving. Uh, they get, you know, Roma gets an 86-minute goal. Really nice shot from Nagolin. And then a, a very, very late makeup call penalty on a handball that made up for a missed handball, definitely, uh, early in the game. But, yeah, you're right that Liverpool didn't maybe look – they didn't look like Liverpool has in the past, you know, month and a half, two months since they've really been playing very good uh, football. But you're right, and that they don't need, they didn't need to give the game to Roma. They just needed to take advantage of the opportunities that they were given, which they totally did with that Mane goal. And the Wijnaldum goal was just a nice, you know, I watched was seeing some analysis last week that Roma was doing a really bad job with their corner man marking, and it kind of happened again with this with the uh, Wijnaldum goal, where they didn't have everyone kind of you had some people zonal, some people man marking, and just like. Guys got loose, uh, especially when the chaos happens after that first touch and the ball bounces around a little bit. So, right. yeah, Liverpool probably, took advantage, probably, played a good counter, and, you know, did what they needed to do, basically. Yeah, I mean, probably a foul by Van Dyke on the second goal to set up that uh, Wijnaldum goal. But, listen, I'm not going to complain about calls that, you know, I agree with you, the handball was definitely a handball, and, and this one, you know, probably could have gone against them. Um I'm not going to complain about calls. I, I've seen enough calls. Uh, <coughs> Harry Kane earlier this year. Um, it, that didn't go Liverpool's way. 
overall, I mean, overall, you know, unlike the other tie, the best team clearly won. Um, won the tie. Yeah, won the tie. Um, exactly, not today. Uh, and and I, the final will be interesting. I mean, Liverpool really only have, like, if you look at their bench, they have 11 guys right now. Yeah, it's, it's you don't want to put Solanke in. I mean, you could maybe Dominic Solanke might as well be like an extra, like a movie extra for Liverpool. (laughs) He's going to be, once he is not on the team, he's going to be the most forgettable person. I don't think he's done anything. I really don't. Like, he has like one goal for club, something like that. I mean, he is going to have a really, really nice career at Sunderland. Yeah, not Sunderland. Sunderland's being relegated from the championship. Uh, Oh, you're right. I'm looking at uh, the 2015-16 Premier League table. (laughs) I'll give him credit. I'll I'll say he's going to stay at, like, a a bottom tier, you know, like, struggling. He'll be on Swans. Yeah, maybe Swans. Um, But, like, right now, they, I'd say maybe Emery Chan is back for the final, but aside from that, it's like, the nice thing about Liverpool and, and Liverpool's opponents is like they, they their opponents know what they're going to get from Liverpool. And it's just like Liverpool knows they're not going to change their style. Klopp's not going to change their style. There's no surprise. It's just like, OK, stop us. And you yeah. know, uh, up until this point, you know, no one has been able to, at least in the Champions League. I mean, there's been very few teams domestically that have kept them at bay, uh, United being one of them. But, uh, you know, I. It'll be, there's only three games left. So riding 11 people, uh, maybe 12 if Chan comes back, uh, is possible. Yeah, and you have time. The the final isn't until the 26th. So, and they're not in any other cups. So they have three weeks basically to play three games and then they have their final. So they'll play probably, what, two weekend games and one midweek game? Yeah, I'm not. No, nah, I'm not sure actually, because they only have the two the two week games. So I think it's just oh. Chelsea. It's just Chelsea this weekend, and then it's like okay, you you have one other game for the next 23 days, um, or not 23, whatever 20 to 21 days. I think they play Sunday, not Saturday. But oh, overall, good, good good result for Liverpool. Um, well, I mean, not the game. The individual game is not not a good result, but I, I didn't think anything of the game really. I it, it's kind of like that zero zero Porto game. You know, they got the job done in the first leg, and they just needed to sit on that. Yeah, um, you're right. They only have two games: they have Chelsea and then Brighton. So, yeah, two games and to the 26. Like, you definitely will be rested going into that final. Right, and, and it just, I mean, the things that I worry about heading into the final are just like. Real Madrid aren't playing Gareth Bale. Like, Gareth Bale has become, like, a bench player, right? He's coming mm-hmm. off the bench. And, like, Gareth Bale would be the third best player on Liverpool. <laughs> you know, it's like it's things like that that, yeah. that worry me. But, like, uh, Isco again, didn't play today. Like, he's a uh, would be the second best player on Liverpool. Yeah. I, you know, it, it, it's... Real Madrid certainly have the roster. They have the pedigree. They have the, as you were saying, the we've been here before attitude. Um, sometimes, you know, naivety could could be beneficial for a team. But there's something about Zidane and, and Ronaldo that they just, like, have this confidence to them. And I think that's why they've already won two in a row 
you know, going into their potential third year of Champions League. I think they're just, you know, they are very confident in how they play and their decisions on the field, off the field, you know, pre-match. Um, and that's what worries me. Like, they don't even, obviously, they don't have to play their best to advance. We've, we've already, you know, hit on that point. Yeah. Um, to be fair, one advantage that Poole has over Madrid is the schedule. So Liverpool has two games before the 26th. Madrid has four. They have to play in the El Clasico at Camp Nou this weekend, and they go to Sevilla, have Celta Vigo at home, then go back to uh, Villarreal, uh, all all between now and the 19th, and then they have a week off before the Champions League game. So they have a bit of schedule crunch here that, you know, not saying that it's going to necessarily affect them, but there's more of a chance that, you know, someone's hammy acts up a little bit because they're playing Sevilla on the road after just playing yeah, at Barcelona. So there's they, they have to they have to work through that that a little bit more than Liverpool does. So I agree with you. Um, my one counter to that would be they've already mathematically clinched top four. Um, so they, I mean, they could really put nothing into those games. They could use all of those games as as warm ups. They'll probably try a little bit harder in El Clasico just because you know you don't take that game off. But then that'll be a weird El Clasico because Barcelona also has nothing to play for, except um, an undefeated season. <laughs> except an undefeated season. But I mean, even then, it's like you know, do they really feel like they have an undefeated season? I, I don't know. Um, so so I've been interesting. I mean, it, it's a uh, our our producer. Uh, is taking a taking a leave of absence from the podcast at this moment, but I'm curious. Uh, what do you like? Obviously, Barcelona fans have to be happy with the domestic success. They've you know they're going to have a, the double. They might go undefeated. But what happens if you you beat Atletico this or um, Real Madrid this weekend? You know, win El Clasico, finish undefeated, but then you see Real Madrid win the Champions League for the third year in a row. Like, how are you supposed to feel about that? I, like, it's fascinating to me. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, La Liga is. I still think. I, I think the Premier League is the most balanced league in the world, but I think winning La Liga is harder just because. You know, sure, there aren't as many teams at the top, but like there's still three really strong teams, whereas you don't have three really strong teams in the Premier League. Um, You just have like six, like kind of strong teams. Yeah, you have six very good teams, not three world class teams. But they're not, but they're not exactly, they're not three world class, right? Like, I mean, there's a reason that we see Barcelona in the round of eight, Real Madrid now in the final, and then Atletico inching their way towards the final. Um, so, I mean, I, I think winning La Liga is carries more than winning other domestic leagues, maybe not the Premier League, just because the Premier League is such a grind. Um, I, I don't know. It, it's, it's hard to, like, I, I think the way you went out as Barcelona is just a really tough pill to swallow. There's, a, there's like a lot of what ifs for Barcelona, right? And I yeah. think that was the point of me asking you, like, which team is the best, right? Like, there's a lot of what ifs this season. I mean, Real, Real the way Real Madrid has advanced, things like that. Um, I, I, Barcelona also could point to things like, oh, well, we didn't have, you know, we picked up Coutinho, but he couldn't play in the in the Champions League this year. Um, yeah, but you they, knew that, like, you he was never going to play for them. So, like, that's right. a weird like excuse, right? Yeah, I know, I, I know. 
I, I don't know. I'm trying to come up with excuses for them. I, I, <laughs> I, really, <laughs> don't, I really don't know. Um, I guess your excuse on the Coutinho line is we got blindsided by Neymar. We couldn't get the Coutinho deal done in the summer. And if we would had had been able to get the Coutinho deal done in the summer, he, we would, he would have played all the Europe games and we would be wherever, winning everything. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I think overall, anytime you win a league, it's it's, and they are winning a double, right? They they have the chance to win the double. Um, I think it, it's almost like guaranteed, right? They have four games left, and they have an eleven point lead. It's very close to them having that locked up already. Oh wait, no, they played the Copa final. They played the Copa final. Yeah, they beat Sevilla. Yeah, yeah. Final. So they got yeah. The, yeah that would, I wow. Um, I forgot they did. They crushed Sevilla. So yeah, I mean they have the they basically have the double. No, they won the league already. So they got the double. The Copa again is also a really tough cup, you know, compared to other domestic cups. Um, I think I think overall you're happy you won a double, but it, again, it's kind of like you're saying, right? Like it, it's hard to see your rival win the Champions League three years in a row if if it happens. Yeah, especially when they're doing really well, but also doing like quarter, having quarterfinal exits, I think, for the third year in a row as well. Yeah. Um, all right, I want to take a break, but before we take a break, I want to get your snap way too early prediction, Liverpool or Madrid? Uh, probably Madrid. Yeah. Also, before we take a break, the 2015-16 season, Aston Villa had 17 points. <laughs> Amazing. They went three, eight, and twenty-seven. <laughs> All right, we're going to a break. Uh, <laughs> we're going to come back. I want. I actually want to talk about the Europa League uh, semifinals when we come back because there's a lot of interesting scenarios about that. about the Europa League a little bit because the Europa League, you know, still sort of the back burner tournament, but um, carries some weight now that the winner gets a Champions League spot. Atletico Arsenal, Atletico gets the huge away goal. Uh, probably, a, a, a well, not probably, definitely a favorite to advance to the final. And Salzburg, Marseille, Marseille winning 2 nothing at home. Uh, against Salzburg, but Salzburg, it, I mean, they've surprised me. Surprised me offensively. They were able to uh, overtake, I believe it was Lazio. Um, In a very high scoring tie, I think. Yeah, that was a very high scoring tie. The the aggregate was six five. Um, so, I want to get into. You know, we can talk about the Europa League fine again. I think it's going to be Atletico, and then I'm going to give it to Marseille just because two nothing is a is a pretty uh, pretty favorable lead. So not making any wild predictions here. Um, what I want to talk about, though, is the interesting scenario where if Atletico wins the Europa League. So what happens if Atletico wins the Europa League is interesting. It, then the French League would get uh, the third place in the French League would get an additional Champions League spot. We both agree it's probably going to be a qualifying position. But either way the French league. So, so third place would get a qualifying position currently in second, third and fourth in the French league. They are separated by 
Two, uh, uh, one point each. It's Lyon at seventy-two, Monaco at seventy-one and third, and then Marseille at seventy, who's also in the semifinals and most likely will right. be in the finals. So, so Marseille is. This is why it gets interesting. Marseille could make the Champions League next year if, obviously, they win the Europa League, like we just said, or they could be in a position where they're rooting for Atletico in the final, uh, because then third place in the French league would get. Uh, a qualifying spot. So again, they're in fourth place. Lyon, Monaco, and Marseille each have three games left. Uh, but breaking down the schedules, Lyon has a pretty favorable s- schedule. They play Troy, Strasbourg, and uh, Nice. Um, yeah, but Mon- Monaco is best, the best, uh, best of the bunch. Right. Monaco is the interesting one because they play Cannes, uh, Saint Etienne, granted at Monaco and, and Troy as well. But uh, Saint Etienne. A tough team. I mean, they're in fifth place right now. Uh, it, that Monaco can't slip up against them, and Leon has to get the job done too. So, interesting scenario with the Europa League. Um, I mean, you think Atletico is going to win, right? I can't see. Yeah, I, so Atletico probably should win. Uh, sorry if you can hear my dog eating uh, dinner. He decided <laughs> to now um, at nine forty-five, but whatever. What I think is even crazier and a possible scenario, I'll leave it at that, is what happens if Marseille, who I think you didn't go over their schedule, but I think it's a pretty pretty easy schedule, uh, probably the middle of the two, three teams. Say they, they advance, they beat Salzburg, but they drop two of the three games. I don't know exactly the timing of the schedule, but say they the other two teams in France, um, we look, we have one game left, and Marseille Marseille like is stuck in fourth, and then the Europa League final happens. We could see Marseille like try to win to guarantee a Champions League spot, but also be okay if they lose because if Atletico wins, they get an extra spot, and just be like be in this really weird scenario where like it doesn't matter what they. You're do. saying you're saying if other if, if and either of the other two teams drop points. No, if if Marseille drops points, like they're 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 not even guaranteed um, a spot. They're like they're stuck in fourth, and then they go into the the Europa League final against Atletico. If they win, great. If they don't, they're still. Um, I guess no. I'm sorry. They're, you're right. They would have to be in a scenario. Yeah, um, no, I mean then they would be going all out in the final. Then they'd be going all. Out. I was trying to conduct conduct a scenario where uh, Marseille uh, willingly wants to lose in the Europa League final, but I don't think you can. <laughs> Well, I mean, I think I think the only way they are okay with losing, not that they would want to, but is I think they're, they're third, yeah. Yeah, well, if they're just if like both teams drop points and then they're like, okay, it doesn't matter what happens, then they're playing with house money. Yeah. All right. Not good podcasting, but whatever. Yeah, no, it's fine. You're trying new things. Look, I appreciate you trying new things on the fly. <laughs> uh, don't ever do it again. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no I mean it, it's. I don't know. This Arsenal and Atletico, it's like Atletico, again, it was kind of like effortless by Atletico in the first leg against Marseille. It's effortless, but they also gave up a shit ton of shots and like had O-Block basically keep them alive for a long stretch. Yeah, and they also had a red card in the 10th minute. You know, it Absolutely was like, valid, yeah. And it's like, and Griezmann still is able to get a ball over the top. He's still able to put it in the back of the net, and they still get a result. Like, 
somehow they they were able to weather 28 shots by Arsenal. Uh, it was like close to 10 on target. Um, and, and they just get like the annoying Atletico result. The thing is, like, Atletico is the team that, like, I shouldn't like. You know, they play a style that's just, like, so annoying. They're just a better version of any Mourinho team. Um, (laughs) And yet, like, I just, like, love watching them. I love rooting for them. I I don't know. There's something about them that just, like, it's probably Simeone. It's just, like, he's Simeone, I really have fallen um, in love of watching uh, Griezmann the last couple of years. Griezmann, Koke. Like, there's a bunch of players on there. How Griezmann were uh, Griezmann uh, again sound like Fox? Um, how he how he how he will track back and like loves to defend as a striker is amazing. How how well he just like darts in and out of space. How he's this smaller non-athletic guy, but is winning headers and like winning long balls like Ed and Zeko. Like he's awesome. He's just a ton of fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna really enjoy watching France this summer. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, so Letico wins, and then uh, I don't know, Mars. I don't know enough. I I, I read some interesting things about like Salzburg's uh, coaching staff th- over the past couple of weeks, but I don't know enough about the team to say, you know, like are, are they going to be able to overcome a two nothing deficit? Probably not. You just have to go with the math there and say. Yeah, Martin. I think you go with Marseille just because they have an advantage. That's that's pretty fair. So, so both Madrid's making a final. Interesting. Um, all right, let's take one more break, come back, and then we're going to talk about what could change in the standings this week and next week. Two games left. These games are vital for something. talk about three teams in the Premier League because there is one, well, eh, alright, there's one relegation spot uh, that's undetermined. I'm going to say that Stoke shockingly is getting relegated. I don't know how Stoke is getting relegated with that roster. I, I would honestly argue that Stoke has a better bench right now than Liverpool. Um, and, and yet... <laughs> Doesn't matter. And yet they're at the bottom, the almost the bottom of the table. They have the worst... Actually, it's not even the worst defense in the league. But I want to talk about Southampton, who I've been riding for the entire year. And now there are three games left, and I still say they are not going to get relegated. I want to talk about the trio of uh, Huddersfield in 16th, Swansea in 17th, and Southampton in 18th, separated by three points. Um, all right, Ryan. So here's here's what's going on this weekend. Huddersfield plays City. So That's I think hell. we... <laughs> all right, good. I was gonna say I both. I think we could both assume that's an L. Um, Swansea has a game at Bournemouth. Always tough to play at Bournemouth. Bournemouth's um, pretty dreadful recently. Yeah, yeah. No, Bournemouth's uh, Bournemouth's been playing well as of this year. Uh, I think their streak of uh, scoring a goal in every every league game this year was ended by Liverpool, and then they wound up getting shut out. I think by United the next game. Um, but they've been playing well. They did just lose to Southampton. Huge win by Southampton. Um, if Swansea lose to Bournemouth, Southampton this week is playing Everton. 
uh, also at Everton. So I, I expect that to be a tough game. Uh, but I, I think that's honestly, I think that's more likely to happen than beating Bournemouth. Weirdly, I have nothing to back it up. I just Everton has nothing to play for. Bournemouth has also nothing to play for. But I just I. So it's really weird because Everton should be a better team, but I trust Bournemouth more than I trust Everton. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you. And even if you look at Bournemouth and Everton by the standings, it's like Everton is better in in points. They're better in goals allowed. But I I don't know. There's something about playing at... at, uh, at Down t- south there. They just don't like it. Yeah. Um, so I, I expect... So provided that... Huddersfield definitely lose. Let's say Swansea lose as well, and, and Southampton are at least able to get a point. Southampton would actually be out of the relegation zone. But Between, then Stoke plays Crystal, which they could easily win too. And then that makes it even more complicated. <laughs> uh, yeah, but Stoke only has two games left. I think that's where... And, yeah, and Palace, that's a lot tougher. And Palace recently... Palace is on a, a mini four-game... Palace had their, their drubbing of... Uh, of Leicester last weekend. Yeah, the, that was five, very surprising. The, the five nothing out of nowhere. I mean, Leicester's again one of those teams that doesn't have anything to play for. I think those uh, are all the goals that they were supposed to score at the beginning of the year. Yeah, exactly. Um, so out of 16, 17, 18, again, Huddersfield has the three point advantage on Southampton, but play City this week. Um, give me your team to get relegated. Huddersfield. You know who the other opponents in Huddersfield's schedule are? They go City, then Chelsea, then Arsenal. <laughs> but I, So here's the interesting thing about the other two teams is they play each other. Southampton plays Swansea. So do you think Southampton and Swansea are looking at their schedule versus Huddersfield's schedule and they're just going to like be like, you know what? Let's just pass the ball back and forth in the midfield and we might, we might both be able to survive this week. They might. I mean, if they're doing like scoreboard watching, <laughs> I could totally see them in that. Uh, yeah, I mean, for me, Huddersfield's going down just because they start hitting the worst, you know, three game stretch of their year. I mean, the worst three stretch of like anyone's year, really. I can't imagine that anyone else in the league has a tougher three game stretch than than that. Yeah, exactly. And then, like, Chelsea being not this week, but and not the last week, but next week, like, they still might be in the league if they take, or in the running for a Champions League spot, if they take points off of Liverpool or Tottenham fucks up more, uh, which they should if they're playing West Brom. But, yeah, I mean, Chelsea's going to still have something to play for potentially next week. And then Arsenal is just, like, playing off the string, but also playing off the string for their manager. So they're going to want to end the season on top. So I think Huddersfield, yeah, they're probably going to go down. Uh, So Swans, the rest of their schedule, yeah, as we said, the Bournemouth game, which we think is pretty tough. Then they, yeah, your Swansea-Southampton game. It's a shame that's not on the last day of the season. But then then Southampton plays City, and City might be going for the points record uh, and they're just city, so they should probably win. Uh, so if you're Southampton, you're hoping to get four I mean, points probably at most. If you're Southampton, you have to win this week. Yeah, you're it's, absolutely you have to win this week. Yeah. That's basically what it is. I mean, you know, we look at Huddersfield's schedule. Sure, they let's say they're going to get zero points the rest of the year, but they're still three points ahead of Southampton. So Southampton need a win, and if 
you know, they're probably not going to get one end of the last game of the season against City. So they either have to get three points at Everton or three points at Swansea, who is in the same position as them. Um, So that mutual, you know, that mutual, um, I I don't know, that mutual midfield game, if you will, that sometimes you see at the end of the season. between the 18s. Yeah, it might not work for them if they don't get points from from Everton. I think they absolutely need to get points. Uh, Swans, uh, they play Stoke the last game of the season after playing Southampton and then uh, Bournemouth. So they have the three, I think, have the easiest run because they just don't play a top six side. But you're right in that they have they play Stoke, who still might you know have a chance to escape, um, and then Southampton, who definitely will you know, be looking to get some sort of points. So, uh, they're no, they're no, I wouldn't say that they have a guarantee out either. So it's, it's going to be really interesting for this, this last relegation spot. Yeah. But I, so we both agree that Southampton Swansea game is going to be a banger. I, th- yeah, I think it could, it'll either be a banger or it will be the most boring game in the league of the year. It, it just depends on if, if Southampton could take the points out of Everton this weekend. Um, any what's what's your European take? Honestly, rest of Europe. I mean, we talked about the we talked about the French league. Aside from the the battle for second, you know, you have a similar battle second through fourth in in uh, Italy. That's about it. Every, yeah, the uh, I mean, we 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 kind of talked it up last weekend. I just want to sh- shout out Inter for going up against Juventus, being down a man, and then losing in the last seconds, anyways. <laughs> uh, well, well giving, up, giving up two goals in the final, what was it, five minutes? Yeah. Something like that. Um, and then, so, yeah, Juventus has that basically, not locked up, but they've, everyone's got yeah, three games I mean, left, they, and they've got four points. But I don't think Juventus plays anyone hard the rest of the way. Right. No, uh, they do. They play Rome. Roma, but that, uh, they play also uh, Bologna and I think Chievo. So they'll probably take enough points that it won't matter. Uh and that is a big loss for, uh, for Inter, actually, too. Now they're four points off of uh, for yeah, off of Roma. Inter, Inter's, Inter's looking like they're going to the Europe next year. Uh, uh, I think for Europe, other games... I mean, the big game, even though it's uh, already decided, watch El Clasico. It's going to be... They're always fun. It's, it, this will be awesome. Uh, you know, that's an easy one. I thought you were going to mention it, but we could have the top four in the Premier League decided today, this weekend, if Liverpool. Yeah, so, if you take I any points off of Chelsea, it's it's wrapped up basically. Right. I wanted to get to the math of Liverpool, but I, I feel like we talk about Liverpool a lot. Uh, yeah, the math for Liverpool is basically so it, it's an interesting scenario. They now have three games left in their season. They have Chelsea, they have uh, Brighton, and they have Real Madrid. So if Liverpool win any of those games, they're in the Champions League, which is, <laughs> which is an interesting. Yeah, it's an interesting scenario. Um, but you're right; they just need to take a point off Chelsea, and then and then, and then the if they take a point off Chelsea, and then Tottenham takes care of business against West Brom. No, it's it's not even. They just need to take a point off Chelsea. Um, the, the interesting thing is, though, they can't just take a point off Brighton. They they would need to. If they do lose to Chelsea, they would need to uh, beat Brighton. Be Brighton. So, so you can say it. It's not factually incorrect to say that uh, any win would do it for them, but a, a point, just a point off Chelsea would also do it for them. 
Yeah, it's pretty close. I'm looking at the Bundesliga um, games. I think Wolfsburg, uh, Leipzig is interesting. There's some, you know. But Wolf, Wolfsburg's in, a, in the relegation playoff zone. Yeah, right so they, they need a win there. Uh, they're having an interesting year that they, you know, they're a lot better than their record, but doesn't matter when you're uh, <laughs> facing relegation at this time of the year. You know, you just need to need to get out and, and stay alive. Uh, besides that, yeah, I mean, watch the Classico, watch the the Premier League games because you probably that's the easiest game to see. Uh, whatever whatever games uh, NBC is deciding to show. Eh, I mean, if I had to guess, actually, yeah, that ten o'clock hour is kind of tough. It was probably going to be Tottenham uh, West Brom. Or I guess uh, Leicester West Ham's kind of interesting. Yeah, probably, but I, if I had to guess, it's going to be Swans Swans Bournemouth, just because Swans have like the partial American ownership and they're battling for the relegation spot. It's almost like you know the relegation teams become more interesting at the end of the season than. than I mean, because the, they uh, do, and the games are also they pretty do, fun too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's actually, and I just looked; it is Swans Bournemouth. So um, I'm going to watch Swans Bournemouth because that game's vital to to Swansea's season. Um, all right. We're we're gonna take take off um, until next week. Oh, you uh, know, what? Lazio Atlanta is not a terrible uh, Atlanta, whatever how you say it. It's not Atal- terrible. Atalanta. Atalanta. Yeah, but... I mean Lazio just needs to keep pace. They are they are one of those two teams that are either four, I think they're they're third four. on Goldie. Yeah. Yeah, but they're either four or five points ahead of uh, Inter. So the Lazio oh, well, scored eighty-four goals in thirty-five oh, yeah. games in the. Uh, no, they're, they're, yeah. I think they have the best offense in in Italy. I mean, they're they're they insane. Do, yeah. yeah, they're insane. It, that's why it's crazy that they lost to Salzburg. Like they lost six-five on GD. It, you know, it, but like their six-five on GD is not like Roma's seven-six on GD to Liverpool. It's like they actually were in control for a lot, and then they just like collapsed. I think. It, Remember, like you, it, that was the one where it's like they scored three goals and it was like in six minutes. Salzburg, it was like seventy yeah, seconds. It was so crazy. I believe yeah. I also had the over on that game, so I'm gonna. Pat <laughs> so you remember there. it well. Um, all right, we'll talk about the uh, we'll talk about next week's or this weekend's results next week, and uh, hopefully you get Mazin's hot take on the Champions League final. Until then, I'll talk to you. See you later.